You don't you don't really feel so insecure when you're young doing this stuff because you're just like making you and your buddies laugh. And then the older you get, you find out more people are doing the same kind of thing. You know, like you start to like try to one up each other or something like that. And you find out that the internet exists, and then everyone in the world is doing it. And then it's like the whole thing becomes a competition. The hierarchy of where you fall in successfulness of doing this thing that you love to do, and you know, it can break your heart at times. Hello, and welcome to the Merit Makers Podcast. My name is Chris Skamra. I'll be your host. Today in studio, we have Jared Acker with us. I'm going to be talking with him in just a second. But first, I would like to state for anyone who is listening on the audio version of our show today, for those of you on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please feel free to come check out the YouTube version. For those of you watching online on YouTube via video, thanks for checking us out. If anyone out there is listening and would love to come on the show, please feel free also to check out the forum in the YouTube video description. You can go there, give us some basic information, and we'll be more than happy to have you on. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome Jared to the show. Jared, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me in this illustrious studio. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate the compliment, and I'm sure the guys who work here would uh, very much appreciate to hear it as well. Of course, uh, of course. Sycamore Studio. Shout out to the guys at Sycamore. Everyone who listens to the show is probably yeah. sick of me talking about them at this point. You got to check it out. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't been here, you got to check it out. Well, um, just to get things started, uh, and this is more since we're kind of early on in the show, we're still like first quote unquote season, I suppose. Yeah. Just to give you and anyone else who may be listening an idea of what we're about here, essentially Merit Makers is aimed at bringing on freelancers and video production people, film people just like yourself and um, myself as well, who are looking to get in front of other creatives, freelancers, people in the field um, who are looking for a connection with um, either other directors, producers, people who are both like them and who could maybe also collaborate. I don't know if that made sense, <laughs> but essentially what we're looking to do is give people a platform in order to um, be discovered or be seen in the local Columbus area because there are a lot of us surprisingly out there, we're just not connected. And yeah. so by bringing people on the show, not only are we helping people um, both showcase their work ethic, their mindset, portfolio, but we're also getting them connected. So. Thanks for taking the time to come on and um, do likewise. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. Sweet. Yeah. So without further ado then, if you wouldn't mind starting us off today, we do things a little bit differently here by uh, putting the social media links up front, also at the end of the episode, but this is mainly to give people something to maybe look at while they're watching or listening to the show to kind of get a better idea of who you are in addition to what we're talking about today. So how can people find you? Of course. Um, <clears throat> you could probably find me on Instagram. Um, I, I, uh, I live there. Uh, yeah, uh, just, just my first and last name, just Jared Acker, J-A-R-E-D-A-C-K-E-R, all one word. Um, uh, that's where uh, I post uh, almost everything. Um, I've had a couple of different, uh, 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 different production names on Instagram, but we'll go into the, the backstory later. But uh, uh, yeah, just uh, you can find me there. Um, don't, don't go looking for me on, on anywhere else. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I won't ask right. why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not, nothing bad. Just, uh, I don't really post there that often. So yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, it's cool so. that you're mainly hosted or focused on Instagram. It yeah. makes it easier for people to both check out your work and just know where to go. So, right. um, speaking of knowing things, what I would like to know kind of is what you're looking to do in the industry right now yeah. as a show, not to sound like a broken record, but. Yeah. What I'd love to figure out is kind of um, what your 
area of focus is, if you have one, mm. I know we've only talked in passing. We've never really had a sit down conversation outside of a Zoom call, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that was a little while ago and things change. Yeah. So um, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us kind of what is it that Jared wants to do in the industry? Right. I know that you're in the film world, so that mm -hmm. kind of puts a little bit of a box around it. But right. is there any interest for writing, DP, director, producer, yeah. um, any specific niches you're looking to get into? Right. Um, well, uh, currently, um, I'm, I'm looking more into getting into writing. Um, I got so many stories, and I just want to I just want to tell them and 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 telling them in, in the narrative sense and uh, like short films, feature films, uh, all that good stuff. So I've I've had some experience getting into film festivals and and doing uh, film challenges and all that kind of fun stuff. Of course, before COVID hit. Um, it's uh, it's been very slow. 2020 was supposed to be like my big year and going to going to all these different kinds of festivals, but uh, everything was put on hold and it was just yeah, it's been kind of a drag ever since uh, uh, all of our limitations have been put on us. But um, yeah, writing is uh, is the area though that I really want to uh, get more involved in and that I've been uh, sort of hitting the ground pretty hard with. Um, I, you know, I have a script that's uh, sort of in the writing development stage right now uh, for a feature, um, and uh, yeah, still looking to get into those uh, film festivals. I know that a bunch of them happen online, uh, virtually, but I just miss the the community aspect of it. Absolutely, so, yeah. The in person interaction, I think, is what a lot of us miss about both the conventions and the festivals. Whether you're yeah. talking like Cinegear, NAB, or yeah. any of like the larger like Sundance is a huge deal. Right. That unfortunately, wasn't able to happen in 2020 because uh, COVID. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah. I'm thinking everyone's trying to get back into it. We'll see how the summer plays out and into the fall. Yeah. I know that um, NAB, at least, well, Cinegear is slated to actually happen in person to some capacity. Really? Supposedly. Uh, registration is open as of the recording yeah. of this episode. That's it may great. close, it may change, it may get pushed back. But as yeah. of today, like March 2021, that is uh, that is the case. So... Um, regarding your pursuit for writing and you're wanting to go into narrative, is there any particular genre you're looking to get into? And if so, um, if you have plans to pursue that, would love to find out more there. But also, um, I always love to try and give people an opportunity as well to, you know, first thing that comes to mind is usually your, your strong point of what you want to pursue. But if there's yeah. anything else that you might have on, on your tool belt, hmm. Like for for instance, someone might be a director of photography, but they can also gaff, um, yeah, right. or they can also do sound work. Any mm -hmm. other areas that you might have um, a skill set in, I'd love to be able to share because someone yeah. might not have a need for a writer right now, but they mm -hmm. might be listening and think, "Oh, Jared can do this, and let's give him a call." But if you never mention it, they won't they won't call you. Right, Ex exactly. Um, well, I've I've kind of I've kind of dipped my toes in all of it. Right, I, I've been I've been. Uh, uh, DP, I've been a sound guy. I've, you know, I have all my own equipment and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, if anybody needs help, let me know. I kind of jack of all trades. So, um, but yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like specifically writing is something that uh, I've never really had to reach out for, you know, for help from somebody before um, or anything like that. So I don't I don't know if I'd even uh, be anticipating someone being like, "Hey, Jared, come and write for me." You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. having no uh, uh, no accolades in that. But um, uh, but yeah, DP uh, camera work, um, 
uh, audio. I just got my hands on the on the Zoom F6, so it's kind of dummy proof. Nice, uh, you know. So yeah, it's uh, it's man, what a what a what a what a little machine. It's, the thing is freaking incredible. But um, yeah, I, I really love uh, I really love it all. So yeah. Okay. Well, um, with that being said, let's get into the writing aspect. I suppose yeah. I don't want to make I don't want to ask you to share something that is either in development and you shouldn't sure. talk about. I don't know what you got on your plate, but um, what I try to dig out of people on this show is yeah. kind of what skill sets or what um, projects not only are you working on, but what other people can potentially bring you on for mm. as a part of the point of the show, in addition to getting the backstory and sure. talking about the industry and all of that, yeah. which we've got some interesting stuff to cover today. Yeah. Uh, but is there any anything you'd love to talk about project-wise that you're able to share about or that you're currently um, doing writing for? Because we don't get too many writers on here. Right, right, yeah. Um, no, just just really my own my own stuff is what I'm uh, is what I'm writing for, um, uh, and and what I we, we, you asked you mentioned genre and and what kind of genre I'm I'm sort of interested in, in doing writing for. That's what I love about um, like these timed festivals, like the Forty Eight and all that stuff. Like you, mm-hmm. you, know, you have no idea. You, you could be making a horror film, yep. you know, or you could be making a romance or something, you know. And so. Uh, that's that's what I love about those challenges. What's a miss so much about not being able to do that last year, and hopefully we'll be able to do that this year, um, is is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, I've done the forty eight for like five years. I think the first year was the only year that I didn't lead a team, hmm. um, and then the other years. I led a team and I and I wrote the scripts for all of those. So, uh, yeah, I just love writing. I got I got you know I got stories. I love, I love telling them. So, yeah. I am. Uh, that's that's kind of my impression when I came into this to this conversation was that uh, I don't know if you want me to mention this or not, but your YouTube channel is very full of yeah um, lots of. Uh, I could tell you're a storyteller because the. The way you present your stories in your videos, yeah. I haven't checked it out super recently, but back when we were first like meeting, right. when I had that call yeah. with you, um, I watched a lot of your videos. Like, that's kind of pretty good. Like, you can <laughs> you can communicate at least verbally a story very well and keep it entertaining. I was like, I was hooked. Like, I, I watched yeah. a lot of those like small skits or stories you did all yeah. the way through. Yeah. The voices were a nice touch too. <laughs> Man. It's fun. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you, you had those up. I don't know if they're still up or not. I but. think, well, so, uh, so my history with YouTube is kind of a, uh, kind of a weird one. Um, so I've been, me, uh, I don't know if this goes into backstory uh, uh, territory, but I, I mean, I'll, uh, so yeah, m- my history with, with YouTube kind of stretches all the way back to when I was like in middle school, high school area. Um, uh early YouTube, just putting stuff out there just to be stupid. And that's kind of what it was back then. There was no like making videos for ad revenue or something like that. It was just, it was just like, yeah. just, you know, it was the, the, the main competitor I think was stupidvideo.com. Like it was, you know, just put stuff out there. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I had a, I had a channel. It was called waffle stand. Um, and there's only a, like a handful of people that even knows what that is uh, nowadays, um, but yeah, me and me and my best friend Danny Max would make just the dumbest things. We made <laughs> sketch videos. I did like story time videos before like story time videos were a thing, 
And um, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, it kind of goes from there. And then, um, and then when Google bought YouTube, they were like, hey, do you want to continue with your Google account? And I was like, I don't want a Google account. And I deleted it. And all of Wavel Stand just got yes. erased from history. Because it's attached, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, no. Like, oh, my whole, like, everything that I loved was just gone. In an instant. Yeah, and yeah. so and so I, you know, I, I think at that point, uh, Danny and then, and, then, uh, uh, and then our other friend, uh, Nathan, uh, also one of, my, one of my dear close friends, um, kind of took it easy and just stopped going as hard as we were going on videos and stuff and uh, took the wind out of our sails. But I, I continued on doing just like just some here and there videos and kept going. And because, I mean, I just I can't yeah. not make videos. I love it. That's not Danny Woods, is it? Danny Max. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I've got a, and, uh, I've got another friend, a DP friend who's working, yeah. working in the field right now. Um, I was like, I wonder if it's the same guy. He's local to Ohio. So yeah, Danny Max and and Nathan Dottie. Those are yeah, just my two best two best buds and my video compatriots. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's maybe touch on the forty eight hour, and then we'll get back into the backstory a little. Yeah. Um, personally, for myself, I have a lot of experience in the twenty four hour production space, doing yeah. like live event where you show up, capture the events of the day, edit overnight, give them a product by morning. Yeah. With the 48, it's a very similar concept, mm -hmm. uh, except you have 48 hours to do that for right. a short narrative piece. Right, right, right. Uh, you say I've been doing it for five years. Mm -hmm. First off, props, impressive. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not for everybody. Even like I get, I get some people I bring on for 24 hours. They'll do the job. I'm like, bro, never call me for that again <laughs> because it's, it's so stressful. Oh, no. Unless you love it, uh, it it's it can be a big headache. Yes. Yeah. It, you can earn quite a bit doing it. You shouldn't be doing it for the money in the first place. But, oh, yeah. But the, right. the payoff, not only in, okay, how can I achieve something so great in such a small amount of time mm. with such a small, tight-knit um, group of people where you have that camaraderie, you get that on mm -hmm. top of the payment. But it's um, not, only our, not only is it that, but it's, it's a creatively fulfilling challenge as well. It is. And so when you say yeah. you, you've written and led teams, does that mean you are take, taking on the director's role mm -hmm. there? Uh, yeah. And if so, like, who have you worked with in the past, assuming it's safe to shout out those people? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, what is, what's been your process with that? Because one thing I also like to ask people is, what, what's it like to work with you on set? What things do you value yeah. in a crew or in a team so that if people elsewhere are listening, they can say, like, oh, I, I really appreciate that kind of environment too? Because yeah. there's different kinds of environments you have a lot of um, sets where people just show up, get the job mm -hmm. done, and go home. And then there's the others where they're very social, a little bit more laid back. Um, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. But uh, take the floor is yours. I'll stop yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, there's, it's funny. Um, after I led my first team, I didn't think that anyone would, would want to do it again because it's, it is taxing. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's a daunting thing to do for 48 hours. Um, but, uh, but to my surprise, a lot of the people that I had on the first year came back and they kept coming back. And so the, the, uh, the people that I, that I do these challenges with are sort of my, my core team. And, uh, and I love having them in my corner and I love working with these guys. Um, uh, I dragged, uh, Mikkel through it, uh, last time. Okay. Um, yeah, he he was our he was our DP, and uh, poor guy, <laughs> poor guy. 
we kept them up. We kept them up uh, uh, the whole night. And I remember that that morning as we were leaving, he was in he was in conversation with me and and Danny Max. And in mid mid sentence, he like he's falling asleep. Oh no! Like just sitting there in this chair, and me and Danny were just laughing. And he was like, he was like trying to keep his eyes open. He was like, "What are you, what are you laughing about?" And we we're like, "Oh my gosh, Mike. man!" But um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Sean uh, Greenwell, that guy is just uh, man. What a what a what a great soul. He uh, so the the last the last forty eight that we did, I um, I I like to I like to get unique locations for filming really anything, but for 48s especially. So like I'll, I'll, um, uh, I'll get an Airbnb or something like that and film in like either an area or a house that like we wanted. And so, um, it doesn't really matter what genre as long as it's like interesting. And then we can just kind of like work the story into that location. So that's uh, talking about process. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a location and then it's like we get our theme and genre and we'll just like kind of fit a story around the location and the people that we have available. So, um, uh, so we got this, we got this Airbnb right on the border of Ohio and West Virginia. Mm. And so, um, and so Sean, kind of led our our a team and took uh, the whole crew down uh he rented out a big suv to take everybody down and all the gear and everything and just like set it all up just so that we could have it ready by the time that b team got there and the b team we're, we're riding down in a car from columbus down to this like <laughs> border town in west virginia and we're writing the script the whole way uh-uh. and we got no that was great like the, it was like a two hour two and a half hour drive or something like that and we wrote the script the whole time and we got there and we were like ready to go okay we brought a printer with us and like we just and then we just filmed all night nice you guys came prepared we did <laughs> we did that's the yeah yeah being prepared it's a big thing. Um, yeah, I try to try to uh, watch my T's and dot my I's and all that stuff. I try to try to make sure that everything is stress free as possible. What's the uh, out of curiosity? What was the town that you were filming in or I around? I forget, man. I it don't know. It wasn't Marietta, was it? Marietta or Parkersburg? I don't. I can't remember. Okay. I'll have to pull it up for you after the after the. After yeah, I would love talk. to find out. The uh, reason I ask is because that's Marietta is a border town. Yeah. Uh, Ohio Ohio River. You can literally take a road off of downtown Marietta, get to a bridge that crosses into West Virginia. Yeah. Parkersburg is the next closest town down the road. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I spent the first 13 years of my life growing up was in that, like that neck of the woods. And it was a neck of the woods for yeah, sure. sure. Anywhere down West Virginia, Ohio border area, it's lots of hills, valleys, yeah. beautiful countryside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not as opportunistic as Columbus. I will sure, say there's, right. a, there's yeah. a, there's a better economy up here, but mm-hmm. Uh, nothing like going home, so I always love to visit in the <laughs> summer for sure. Um, with Mikel as your DP, I'm interested yeah, right. <laughs> to find out. Um, I don't know how the 48 works nowadays with releasing content. I'm assuming you can just go and find the film that you guys did. Yeah, are you allowed to talk about it or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now after the the you know. Awards have been passed out and everything. Right, yeah. right, after right. you're done. Um, for those of you who are listening or watching who may not know who Mikel is, um, we're referencing one of the uh, co-creators of the Sycamore Studio space we're yeah. sitting in right now. Great guy. Excellent guy. Yeah. Um, so Gives wonderful hugs. With that being <laughs> said, um, 
what do you typically run on a 48 with yeah. like equipment wise? It's obviously for a lot of us, we're doing run and gun. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done a 48 recently, mm -hmm. but uh, with the current situation around town, I mean, mm -hmm. there are different groups that go out and they all are kitted differently. Like I have, um, I have a friend who usually does 48s. His name's TJ Cooley. Yeah. Uh, local DP. Of he, course. He, he's got a Ursi, uh, Ursi, yeah. <laughs> Ursa Mini Pro. Yeah. Um, Rokinon Glass. Yeah. I don't know what you guys were shooting he with. He also, didn't he have a, he had a Black Magic, didn't he? Like a, a, a pocket? I, a I don't know if he pocket. has a pocket or not. I haven't talked to him recently. I thought, so um, this last 48 was my first time using the my my pocket 4K. Hmm. Uh, before that, it was uh, Canon. Um uh, 80D was what I was running. I love that thing. I still have it. I love it. And um, but uh, yeah, because because uh, I think I, I don't know if it was it might have been TJ or it might have been someone else. Um, but yeah, they had a they had I think it was it might have been though because they had an Ursa also, and I think the Ursa just stopped working, and so they had to go and use their the Black Magic Pocket, hmm. um, or it might have been the other way around. I think I don't know, but I think that might have been TJ. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, I like TJ a lot. But yeah, uh, so um, what I use the thing, the, yeah, the my camera that I use nowadays is is the is the Pocket 4K. Uh, before that was the was the ADD, and I'll bring that along just in case. Um, you never know. Uh, and then um, the uh, the Phantom Four or Three Pro. I think I, I think that's what it is. Drone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got that. Uh, I throw my my Canon on uh, on a um, uh, on gimbal? a gimbal, yeah, on a gimbal. But it's the it's the DJI um, Ronin M. Okay. Yeah. So I use Double that. Handles and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I use that. I have um, yeah, just Canon glass. I, I throw it on a. I throw my throw my lenses on a speed booster for my. For my uh, pocket, and that's it. Yeah, it's you don't need to have a lot for these things. And you don't. People don't expect you to either. It's I got a tripod. Most <laughs> well, it's it's handy to have sticks. Yeah, so that's right. good. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times it's more often than not just groups of friends getting together. Yeah. And less about less about the competition, more about creating something cool and having right. a good time. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely those of us guilty as charged of making these types of things more competitive than they need to be sure but uh it is a competition after all i mean yeah. true with yeah. that being said it's it's always a good time to form that camaraderie like i mentioned earlier and just have a group of people come together make something mm -hmm. awesome and then submit it and see what happens right so um moving forward then kind of into the um the space for let's let's maybe backtrack a little bit and sure. go into writing or what you're currently doing. Um, I know you have uh, a bit of a reel to showcase, so I want to yeah. get to that. So what I'm going to probably do is have that play now. For those of you who are listening on audio, make sure to go check out the video version so you can see the reel. Um, and for everyone else, uh, we will be right back. So once we're back from that, we'll have you talk about it and go on from there. So yeah, roll film. So thanks for sharing the reel. Really appreciate it. Um, always want to give people an opportunity to go over and cover any type of projects that they'd like to highlight. In particular, a couple of things that I noticed is you had a lot of stuff in there from Goodfellows Barbershop, right? Yeah. Um, you've done some client work. There was also something, I believe, from Momentum, the yeah. uh, youth conference. Mm -hmm. 
that looked pretty cool. It uh, was pretty cool. I don't know yeah. specifically what role you had there. Obviously, I mean, since it's a reel, you probably did camera work. Yeah. But I'd love to hear about either those projects or anything else on there that you'd want to share. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, uh, yeah, just looking back at the reel, I think the, I think my favorite thing in that reel is probably Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was kind of, it was, it was because of, why I, I did that in the first place, the, the video for Goodfellas. Um, so th that kind of happened <clears throat> at a time in my life when uh, when I was just seeking advice from everybody. And that's kind of how I, I got in contact with, uh, with our mutual friend, Mark Pasternak. Mm. Um, and he would do these, uh, he would do these like weekly uh, like meetups with other filmmakers. Um, around the area and it was like it was a set it was a set I don't I don't even want to say curriculum but he had some some printed out papers yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you could kind of call that a curriculum structures yeah there was rarely structure. a bad thing well it was great mm -hmm. um and uh I, I remember one one evening he was talking about uh finding client work and what that looks like for everybody and uh the difficulties of finding people who want to pay you for jobs mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how we got on the topic of, uh, just doing free work for people and building relationships and rapport with, uh, people around the community and being like, well, here's just what I can do. And if I can build a relationship out of that, then sweet. And, uh, he challenged us. I think it was like, I forget what the challenge was, but it was like, Roughly, it was it, it was like make a video for a business for free uh, within like a week's time period or something like that. Hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna make three. I'm gonna <laughs> go to three businesses and make three videos for like you know That's just three easy. total. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> That's ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> ambitious, right? Um, and so I I felt you know I have seven days. So if I went to a business on a Monday, I could edit that. And give it to him on a Tuesday, and then on on Wednesday go to another business, edit it, and give it to him on a Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and then take a nap on Sunday. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the first one that I went to was uh, was Goodfellas. I just showed up uh, with uh, with my ADD, um, my ATD, not my not my ADD, but uh, <laughs> yeah, my Canon ATD, uh, my Ronin uh, M, and I said, "Hey, you're doing a you're doing a haircut today. I'd love to do a video for you guys. You can put it on your social media. It's not gonna it's gonna be quick." Um, and they said, "Yeah, let's do it." And so uh, all I had was I, I said, "I have my gear in my car. I'll just run out real quick and I'll just come in and I'll do this." And um, yeah, and then and I just booted everything up and made a video for them, and it was like the coolest thing. Those guys are awesome. Go get a haircut from Goodfellas if you can uh, in Columbus. I think they're still in in, uh, uh, in German Village, but um, yeah, that was like that was the first of those three videos that I did in that week, and uh, I guess it kind of goes into just talking about like getting client work in general. But like doing free work for people is a great way to like build relationships. Like, you know, don't tell, don't let anybody tell you that like doing free work is for nothing. You know, it like doesn't help you at all because it does. You get relationships out of these people. And and I if back then I was like really kind of putting the pressure on and emailing them and being like, hey, 
you need a video what's what you know what's going on because they had a lot of like wedding people coming in and getting like their haircuts done mm-hmm. and like all the groomsmen and stuff like that so like there's a lot of opportunity to get work there if, if you wanted to get it um but you'd never know unless you just go out and try it you know so that was uh that's probably my favorite one from the demo so I agree. I think opportunity is everywhere. And I'm kind of also on that similar side of things where when it comes to free work, I definitely think there's an argument to be made in regards to being taken advantage of. Yeah. However, that shouldn't stop you from doing something to learn or doing something to get a foot in the door. Um, You see a lot of senior people in the industry and a lot of people have been doing this a long time to tell you never do free work. Uh, It's not worth it and people take advantage of you a lot of times that's because they've gotten burned or because they're in a spot in life right now where they have gotten so far away from what it's what it was like to just be starting out Mm -hmm. um when they were around and getting started you didn't really have the opportunity to do it either because back when they were getting into the game i'm talking people who were like at this point in time maybe like not not back then but like right now as we're recording Mm -hmm. this they're in their late 40s, early 60s, sure. or even later in life, yeah. you did not have the availability of equipment and resources yeah. and editing software that you do now. And so yeah. it wasn't really a thing to be able to do. And for a good reason, it was seen as a bad thing because the only people who could do it correctly, quote unquote, whatever that means, at that time were the professionals, the craftsmen. Yeah. And so it was seen as bad business. And mm-hmm. that's why it's seen as bad, biz- bad business today by those same people. Yeah. Um, I am also uh, on the on the side of I try not to do free work unless it's a favor, unless you're my mm. friend, uh, because at this point I also have a lot on my plate. And sure. um, yeah. the more you value your time, the more other people will value it as well. Yeah. And that's not to come off as, um, oh, my time is so valuable and uh, I am so important. Yeah. It's more so you need to have a, le- a standard so that people will respect you and your time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, There's a balance. There's a fine line. There is. Yeah. Going there off is. of that, what was really fine, in my opinion, in terms of your real, aside from the Goodfellas stuff, was this Momentum stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Momentum concert I thought was cool. I'm not, I'm not by any means a huge live event person outside yeah. of that 24-hour production right. stuff that I've done. But it's like, that looked like a really cool venue. <laughs> like that looked like yeah. a good time. What yeah. was it that you did for that project? And are you looking yeah. to do future stuff there? Or was it like a one-off? Hey, my buddy brought me onto this conference for a week, yeah. and we just shot videos all the time. Yeah. What's the story that there? Was, yeah, that was uh, so. That was um, uh, that job kind of came to me from. That, I mean, the gig kind of came for me from the job that I was working. I was, you know, I was a. Uh, uh, pastoral ministry assistant at Delaware Grace Church. So that's kind of how I got into that. Um, but, uh, I'm a, I, you know, I, I was, I was a part of Momentum and, you know, uh, the, the Grace Fellowship Ministries for years, ever since I was a child, you know, the, you know, the very small. <laughs> lifetime member. <laughs> yeah, lifetime member, right. Um, so, uh, it wasn't anything, uh, really unfamiliar to me. So, um, yeah, I, I got involved with that. Uh, and, you know, Sam Moore was also a part of that and everything. You know, he, he, he led uh, the Delaware Grace Youth Group up to that um, as well. That was, that was out in Indiana. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was a whole week of just conference and all that. Um, what I really got to focus on 
Uh, and I guess the it, it being in my demo could be a little misleading, although I did film every concert that happened at that show, which was what I was highlighting. But a majority of the stuff that I was doing at Momentum was uh, interview work. Hmm. Um, no shame. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, the, um, actually, having lunch with Mark Pasternak yesterday, hmm. uh, was he was talking to me about how um, being uh, doing interview stuff in the in the personal aspect of it all it's just hearing people's stories is like just the driving force and i'm like yeah man i agree with that i love you know hearing people's stories it's like why you do what you do is storytelling mm -hmm. and you're hearing someone's story through interviews so um i really enjoyed it that was yeah that's kind of the extent of that sweet man i think you and i that while i never went to that to that while i never went to that conference um we have had so many times in our past where our paths have crossed. Yeah. It's been very interesting. Yeah. Um, and even today, the episode, like we weren't, I haven't been planning you coming on here for weeks. I kind of just randomly reached out to you when I yeah. saw a post you put up earlier. Right. And I, I would like to get to that because I thought there's a lot of good content there to talk about on a show like this. But yeah. um, would love to cover a little bit of background. And this is kind of where we can maybe get into backstory mm -hmm. as well in your history. Um, but in terms of like projects that you and I have worked on, mm -hmm. I've, I've talked about this guy a little bit on the show, right? He's kind of like the specter. That's this person <laughs> that keeps popping up, but he's, he's never done an episode yet. I was going to have him on really early in the show, like episode one, but unfortunately it wasn't able to work out. We'll have him on eventually. His name's Ian McHugh. Um, you and I both worked on a project with him yeah. called Knowing Shell Hollow this mm -hmm. past year. Yeah. It was a sizzle project that he's using to pitch for a larger production and again i don't know how much i'm supposed to say or i'm allowed to say about it so we'll kind of tiptoe around that yeah. but um how was your experience there and unfortunately you, like you and i weren't on set the same day yeah but it was cool to find out like later on like uh, in the trailer i was like that's jared yeah <laughs> I know that guy yeah that was yeah it, 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 it just real quick about crossing paths i think it is really funny because i think the longest conversation that you and i have had was probably at uh the gab street party yeah, yeah, that's creative, that, I think that was the creative goose or something. Creative goose. Goo, yeah, it was like the something. It was like, I think it might have been an anniversary uh, party or director showcase. Director showcase. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, you sat right yeah. behind me or beside me or something. I think so. And I recognized you because you were the video guy from Delaware Grace <laughs> because I also went to that church while you were right. there. Dude, and that's so what I'm saying. That's yeah. those are the paths that I'm only aware of right, right. now other than Shale Hollow, which was the yeah. last interaction that you and I technically had together. Yeah. Before that was the director's showcase. And even yeah. before that, I knew of you and saw you on the screen at the church because you did some announcements. I did. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah, that was kind of the big thing that I was doing at the church was uh, kind of doing uh, announcement videos and all that. But uh, yeah, knowing Shale Hollow, um, I, you know, I was DP and I, did, I had like three seconds on the screen. That's all I need. I don't, I don't want any more, you know, being on screen freaks me out. Yeah, cameo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. As a cameo, I bumped into a guy in uh, in a cigar bar. It was, uh, it was, it was interesting. You pulled a Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pulled a Peter Jackson. I just missed a carrot. Didn't have a carrot on me, but um, no, it was great. Uh, I, I love, uh, I love being under the direction of other people and seeing how, uh, how they direct and how they, you know, they run their ship. Um, you know, and meeting other people who are in the, in the business of making films. It's great. I thought it was fantastic. I don't, I, you know, I don't, 
Yeah, yeah, ran the camera pretty much. Um, so there was, uh, we, we were talking about how there was two days, but there was also a night I was involved in mm. where all the uh, the basement shoots were happening beneath Chelly Belly in Delaware. I think that's what. No the, idea. The, I forget. <laughs> I don't, I think that might have been. Um, yeah, and uh, I was there all night doing that. It was great. I was so tired, but the next day, getting up and then going out and doing uh, doing a full day um, with them, it was uh, yeah, just something else. And seeing these really talented actors being, you know, just doing their thing, it was great. I love it. Ian definitely has a very talented pool of people. He does to pull from, and yeah. it's I'm really excited to see what yeah. this project can accomplish and where it goes. Yeah. Um, there's also another connection that you and I have. I don't know how often you worked with him on this project, mm. but um, one of my previous guests, we just did an episode with him, um, Lane Yurick. I had him on the mm. show. Uh, he was one of the actors and currently, I believe, is slated as an AD on the show. Okay. Uh, I couldn't tell you his character name, unfortunately, because <laughs> it was a while ago when we shot right. that, and also um, I was only there for one day. Yeah. And names, like, change as production goes yeah, on. So he right. may be listed as a completely different character name now. But yeah. either way, um, like I said before, Ian's been brought up a few times on yeah. this show. And he'll be on here someday. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and speaking speaking of someday, um, that's kind of, like, where I'm wanting to get to with yeah. you in particular. It's kind of where are you currently being directed and what mm. path are you taking? Where are you going to end up mm. in this whole business, not only as a writer but as a creative and this plays into your post a little bit as mm -hmm. well that i talked about um i don't want to make it seem like uh, because this is incorrect that i brought you on mm. just because of an instagram post you wrote but for those <laughs> listening and i don't know if you'll ever you know if you're going to keep the post up or if oh yeah it's up there. if it'll get lost in you know pages of time or whatever but yeah. you wrote something that i read um I don't know how long ago it was. It was less than a week at this point, just days. a few nights yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in bed and scrolling through the feed, you know, as one does before they drift off into the world of dreams, yeah. uh, and came, I came across your face. And I was like, <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. Uh, let's read the caption, see what's up. And It was a book. It, it was. And that's, yeah. it's like my content as well, I write similarly. And so whenever I see someone that puts that much effort into it, I always right. try to go through and just see what's going on. Um, I appreciate and you taking I, the time. Yeah, I really, yeah. that's what I tell people too, is like, yeah. I don't, I, what doesn't register to me is that people actually read it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get feedback sometimes and it's not to make myself, um, not to brag or anything like that, but I get people to say, hey, thank you for writing that. That's what I needed mm. to hear at that point in time. Yeah. And that's the whole goal of what I write too. Is what I saw on your post mm. is very similar to my content where I try to be personally very open and vulnerable and yeah. just put out into the world what's either bugging me, bothering me, or stuff that I've recently overcome, whether it's an issue, um, an addiction of some sort, a problem, or if I'm just having issues that people normally don't talk about that is everything opposite from the highlight reel of Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the contrast, is you see the photos that I put up, rarely are they of myself. That may change down the road once I find a, a really good BTS photographer. <laughs> because I'm going to need photography of myself on set eventually. But yeah. with my work, I focus on taking really good pictures of other people doing their thing. Yeah. And so they kind of, people who see my feed get an idea of, oh, Chris is on set all the time. And, um, you know, you're on all kinds of really cool projects. I get that a lot 
But mm. if you take the time to read the post, you also see what Chris is going through. And it's mm. not always positive. Yeah. And right. so I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on what your post was about, both for context for other people and just yeah. to remind myself. And maybe we can get going on a conversation there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the post that I made was sort of just uh, about all the self-reflection that I've been going through lately. And it's just been... Um, Kind of, yeah, finding my feet. You know, I, I, I feel like, um, I mean, I've been doing this for a lot of years. Like I said, ever since, I mean, like I've been I've been making videos for, you know, ever since I was a tater tot, you know, like middle school, you know. Um, and, at, you know, at almost being 30 years old, I feel like I ought to know what I really enjoy doing. Um, but then also trying to reconcile that with uh, trying to become successful in that area and make a living. And what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, uh, if that's even something that I want to do. Um, because if you love to do film, I feel like there's sort of an obligation to make that your career. Uh, and if you're not, then what are you doing? Are you wasting your talent, talent or time or whatever? So, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of self-reflection trying to figure out what that looks like and what that means to me. Um, because uh, I've obviously done the client work. I've done weddings. Uh, I've done business promotional things. Um, but what really makes me happy and what I really love doing is, uh, is sitting in a seat and seeing something that I've made on a big screen. Hmm. That's what I really love doing. I really love making movies. That's it. Um, <clears throat> And that seems like a kind of a wildly ambitious, like almost unattainable, uh, I, I you know, uh, goal to have is to to make movies. We we're talking about um, how far we are away from making Marvel movies a yeah. little earlier, but like, uh, but but you know, what's the what's the goal? Are are you trying to make Marvel movies? You're just trying to make movies. You got stories you want to tell. Like you know how easy it is to just like make a movie and distribute it through. Uh, you know, through Amazon Prime or something, and how many how many places around Columbus uh, show independent films? I mean, like we got the Drexel, we got Gateway, we got Studio Thirty Five. Like all these places love independent filmmakers, and that's just Columbus. Yep. You know what I mean? We got on the Cincy or Cleveland. It's like they're even bigger on film than we are right here. I know. Yeah. Like that's uh, that, yeah. That's something I I feel like I don't even I've not even I'm not even tapped into that yet. Uh, other areas outside of Columbus. Because that's where I'm at. I mean, you know, we're in Columbus. And, yep. you know, I haven't really... I, I did the the winter film for the first time this past year. Congrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, dude. It was it was, it was was nuts. But uh, great time. Worked with some really lovely people. But um, but that's the thing is, like, I, I, I've, I get down on myself. Because um, I sort of doubt if where I'm at in life is where I really want to be. Um, because I see a lot of other people that I admire just killing the game with video production. And I'm like, well, I could do that. Like, I could be there. I was on that path for a while, and if I had just stuck with it, I, I could have done that. And then I see the the, the patterns or the, the way that they do things, and I think, well, maybe if I just, you know, do exactly what they're doing, I could be successful like them, but is that really what I want? Um, so that's just kind of what I've been dealing. That was what that post was about. Mm. Uh, was just figuring out 
what I what I, what I love doing and what I love doing is making movies, man. That's it. That's you know, it wasn't it wasn't really a depressing post. I think a lot of people were like, "I'm sorry to hear that," but like, and I, yeah, I, I was know, like, I was are like, you okay? Yeah, like, <laughs> are you all right? But no, I was like, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a happy post, mm. you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. Even I'm I'm st- I'm still unpacking it. Yeah, in my, in my own head. It's not the easiest thing to do. Discover mm-hmm. what fulfills you, right? And then figure out how to pursue it. Yeah, that's something that I think everyone is there. Everyone is still on that journey. Like I, I personally know and am friends with many different people in the industry around the country and around mm. the world. Um, I know people in LA who are who would be considered at pretty close to the top of the food chain mm. not the tippy top but you yeah. know if the, if it's the pyramid we're talking about and split into you know percentages yeah. of 10 they're in that 85 to 90 95 range um if they have problems with looking back on their own work and not just thinking like we were talking about earlier being you know a little insecure and um and, and not, um, you know, always thinking you can do better. Not just that, but if they're still trying to figure out what they want to do when they grow up, so to speak. Yeah. Imagine how much, like, we're going to experience that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's more supposed to be a comfort and a reminder that no one's got this figured out. Yeah. There is no magic switch or button right. that you can press in this field that makes you a professional or that says you've made it or says you're successful. The term success and this is something I harp about a lot, is definition. Mm. Over the many years that we've been on this planet, there's been a fairly consistent definition of um, words in Mm. our language up until recently, where everything has now become so ambiguous, so saturated. Words nowadays have become morphed and subjective rather than objective um, compared to what they once were back in previous times. What I mean by that is success no longer looks like a small house, two kids, a wife, and a dog, and a picket fence. It's no longer as simple as that. Success to somebody like us could mean uh, I have had three films premiere at Sundance, done a commercial with Nike, and I own a red camera. Someone on the other side of the spectrum could be like, well, success for me means that I work for a production company. I don't own any of the footage I shoot, and I just get to work with cameras all day. I don't have to think about it. I have a boss who is like the owner of the company, and um, I just churn out the videos, and I love doing it. I don't want anything to do with the responsibility or the stress, and I'm happy. What it comes down to when discovering what you – I don't want to say define Mm. because that – plays into what I was just talking about a little earlier, but what you find to be successful, I suppose. Yeah. And what creatively fulfills you that also pays the bills. That's the challenge that everyone has to get through is what is it in our field? If you're going into Mm -hmm. video or film, whatever you'd like to call it, find the job, Mm -hmm. the role or the genre at least that you feel creatively fulfilled in, um, assuming you're sticking with video. Yeah. And then figure out what steps you have to take to right. get to the point where you could be making money with that. Yeah. And then once you get burnt out on it, which there's an inevitability if you keep doing the same yeah. thing over and over and over, you don't change it, or if it's not a subject matter that is uh, has a variety yeah. of coverage that you can do. 
if that is the case where it's the same thing over and over again, make sure you find the next thing mm -hmm. and then you can just transition and move into that. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to be rambling on this subject, no. but yeah. it gets it gets me fired up in it. terms of definition and I'm, I'm a big culture, culture nerd, so I won't really get into that. But in terms of film, yeah. on Instagram, you see the life of the party, mm -hmm. the highlight reel, the yeah. people that are always on set. And what you don't see are the nights you lay awake crying in bed, <laughs> thinking about how terrible your last project was yeah. or how Jimmy or John or Jake or Jenna is out on that big project out in right. LA or yeah. on a different country side of the planet. Yep. And you're not. Yeah. That's what people don't see. And yeah. that it's, they, they don't see that it's normal and that everybody experiences that. Um, and not to sound preacher or anything, but also on top of that, no one also sees the struggle to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Freelance, yeah, not easy. No. There's a reason why people tap out and just go back to nine to five because yeah. it's not for everybody. Right. Being your own business, mm -hmm. being able to do this work that we call creativity and make a living is harder than it seems. So not only do you need the creativity, but you also need the community around yeah. to back you up. And that's Absolutely. part of the reason why we made this show yeah. is to connect people. And if, if you never end up talking to anyone on the show, you never end up reaching out over Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, at least you can listen to the episode and know that the guest or even me feels or felt exactly like you did in yeah. that moment when you're listening. Right. Yeah. Rant over. It's a good rant. Mm -hmm. I feel it in my soul. I love it. Yeah, man. Um, what do you want me to answer first? I don't know if there was, <laughs> I don't know if there was a question. I think, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, I, it's uh, more like no, I think, yeah, we were talking, you, you, you mentioned a couple things that I feel like, uh, would be good to sort of go into. Um, First of which is is, uh, is is making money through a creative field, and how how fulfilling that you know is for you, or or what that looks for you, just how to pay the bills, mm -hmm. and uh, and if that's through a creative medium, you know, is that is that for everybody? Because you, you know, we mentioned freelance and how tough that is, and and uh, a lot of people tend to you know step away from that, and go back to a nine to five, and. Uh, I so for me, I've sort of been in three different categories. Um, I've worked a nine to five. Uh, I've worked for a person doing creative stuff, and I've worked for myself doing creative stuff. So I've been my own boss. I've had a boss directing me creatively. And I've been in a not creative field. Um, being my own boss, I'm a terrible boss, and I'm a and I'm a terrible I'm a terrible employee for myself. <laughs> uh, at the same time, so so that's the thing for myself that I know that uh, I probably couldn't go back into, um, which is hard because I want to say that I I'm strong enough to be able to do that. Uh, when I did own my own business, uh, there were some things in my life that, that happened, um, that kind of wrecked me emotionally. Uh, and, uh, I couldn't really, uh, continue on the way that I was going, um, uh, to the point where, uh, my wife was even like, please, like for us and for you, uh, for our well being and for your well being, like, just, just stop. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Um, and then, and then working with um, uh, Delaware Grace Church, making videos for them, 
uh, was kind of uh, kind of the same a little bit, but not so much. Uh, I would, you know, daily, weekly pick up a camera and do videos for them. And when I would get home, I'd say, I don't want to touch a camera again. I've been doing it all day. Yeah. You know, and you get that, you know, you get that feeling. I feel like that's pretty common. Um, right now, I'm, I'm not working uh, in a creative field at all. I'm working out at the back of semis, <laughs> uh, shoveling boxes off of uh, uh, conveyor belts and in stock rooms and stuff. And that explains um, the hat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, uh, no offense. I, was I, me- I meant that as a joke. <laughs> this little this little cap that I'm wearing for all just the listener viewers. Just it's, this it's little, a, little it's skull a cool cap. cap. It's a cool cap. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's good exercise. I'll say that much. But um, but when I come home. Uh, I'm excited to do creative stuff. Mm. And I feel so ready to just jump in. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like when I'm, when, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm, when I have my own free time outside of creative field where I'm not being forced to be creative, I feel so ready to just like tear into it. And that's where I'm at right now, Mm. just with writing and just writing down these ideas. I love it. You know, and that's not that's not for everybody. Nope, <laughs> it's not for everybody at all. Um, but I think that's what you know. That's that's sort of the beauty of this podcast is you're getting you're getting all these people from all these different areas of uh, the creative field that have different perspectives in life and everything. And that's just the perspective that I'm in right now. So um, take heart for all those out there that feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. That's what it we is. are. But the key, I think, and the magic happens when you empty that bag and. Sorting isn't the word I would want to say, but when you combine all the pieces of the puzzle that are in there, right. it makes a beautiful image. It does. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> See, <laughs> that we, we work with pictures, um, mm. but yeah, and the whole. I really appreciate that you mentioned that, yeah. um, because a lot of people in this field do do other day jobs yeah. as a, and this is more of a hobby or a side thing mm. because it's what they love. Yeah. Not everyone is fortunate enough to be able to make this a career that you make your living off of. Yeah. That's that takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to build yeah. to a point. Um, is that something that you want to get to? I would assume just by how you have um, this creative drive right now. Like, yes, I want to do it full time, but like, wouldn't that also risk you burning out again or experiencing mm. that yeah. that um, issue where you weren't um in the best of spirits to put it lightly but you know what i'm saying is that yeah of course you sort of uh uh it's kind of like a gamble Mm -hmm. you know um you never think that it's going to happen to you in the first place but then it does and then it's like well is it going to happen again yeah um so that's a scary thing to to be in or a scary scary headspace to be in um but the way I'm sort of looking at it is, you know, if, if I'm pursuing these creative endeavors and I'm going down the path that I want to go down, which is wildly different than, um, well, I wouldn't say wildly, but different than what I used to do, which was strictly client-based. It was like wedding business promo. Like it was, it, it, you know, it was still reporting to people. Like I was on my, I was, I was on my own boss, but... Yeah. But, uh, you know, you still have to, like, you still have deadlines. You still have all this stuff. Yep. I'm uh, not saying that, uh, you know, making movies, you don't have deadlines. You certainly do. Uh, and, and the more prolific you become, the more 
the more stress. The more stress, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but but at the same time, or the more people you have to answer to, I guess. Mm. But at least for now, um, I have some sort of like some solace in thinking that like it's just me. And it's just my own creative thoughts, and it's my own thing that I'm, you know, making for myself, putting it out there. I don't care if anybody doesn't like it. You know how many films I've done? I've done five 48-hour film festivals. Not one has even gotten a nomination for anything. I love doing it, though. You know what I mean? What does that say about the future of my future films? But I, <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, everyone likes to go to the concept of yeah. Einstein or exactly, um, right, yeah. Edison. Any of the E names. <laughs> yeah. But how many, how many tries did it take for the light bulb, man? And it's yeah. you know, electricity even. Yeah. I mean, that's more of a, I don't think that's technically a Ben Franklin thing. Anyway, <laughs> history, I'm a filmmaker, not a historian. So right, yeah. 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 yeah, same here. Love history, though, because um, it's it's all just one big story. Yeah. That's, that's fun. Right. With, um, back back to the, uh, the, what's the word, I suppose, openness um, mm. of your post in general. Vulnerability. Vulnerability, thank you. Yeah. That's that's something that I strive for in my work, and I think a lot of people um, can really benefit from yeah. people who share, but the problem is there is a large amount of insecurity out there mm. as to, oh, what will people think, or what is uh, what will be the outcome of my sharing this there's a there's a big fear mm. that people have because it's not talked about enough. What the it is there is that people struggle, people have problems. Yeah. And I think it's said enough that people kind of have it in the back of their minds, but no one really believes it. Mm. So until you see it, and that's a big thing with me, is I'm a big fan of tangibility. Yeah. Um, I am a huge proponent of or my the way my brain works i should say i don't really promote it mm. but the way my thoughts go the way i function is if i can't see it um it's harder for me to realize that it's real yeah and that uh, that makes doing mental gymnastics or dealing with emotion mm. or um being empathetic difficult because mm. i have to put myself myself in someone else's shoes if i'm talking with an individual and so that's kind of why I try to be vulnerable in my posts, because if I'm not able to do that in person in a conversation, I can do it well enough when I'm writing. Yeah. And so if I am able to keep practicing that, that will allow me to become a better human being as well mm. by being able to relate and be open to individuals, which also sort of a side note as to why I made the show, so that I can get good at talking to people, also give them a platform and promote sure. everybody, and also just not only connect with my local community but get the local community connected yeah. and so if they start talking yeah. who knows what will come of that yeah. and so vulnerability i think back to the main point is something i don't think that we as creatives have enough of in our mm. industry and i think if we all started to normalize the thought of having the insecurity is normal i'm not going to say it's okay because I see it more as a signal, personally, yeah. than as a... It, it comes with negative connotation. It is a negative emotion, um, by definition, I believe. However, the way that I perceive, whether it's insecurity or fear or um, anything difficult to deal with, is that it is... The situation is sending me a signal, whatever the situation mm -hmm. is, or my body is telling me, um, it's, it's, it's a, 
flashing light on your dashboard if your body's a car. Mm. And this is going to get into a weird analogy. <laughs> but um, sometimes if you don't know what the light on the dashboard mm. means, you either have to look it up or you guesstimate. Um, and my definition of what that flashing light on the dashboard is not that my oil is low, mm. but that I need to... Um, refill the oil, I suppose, or I, I need to figure out what the problem is and then assess it because I don't know what the problem is in the first place if I don't know the definition. This is, the analogy is kind of falling apart, but here's, here's, <laughs> here's it in, in plainer terms. If I'm insecure about something, that's telling me that um, there is something to be noticed here. Mm. And uh, whenever I see someone's work or if I view something, a project, a director, a producer, a DP, whatever it is, a reel, um, and I see it and it makes me feel insecure, yeah. I chase the insecurity and figure out, okay, what is it about this that's making me feel this way yeah. instead of breaking down and going into a depressive episode? Yeah. And I want to be clear, too, and say I am in no means bashing or um, dis... Uh, uh, causing invalidation for people who experience that. I have experienced it many times, still regularly do. Um, depression, that is, due to either anxiety or insecurity or all these mental emotions that cause negative effects. Hmm. When I see something and it makes me insecure, what I try to do is identify what it is about that thing, whether it's a real or a person, and figure out, what it is about that thing or person that I'm insecure about. Once I can understand that, I can then figure out how to um, approach the situation in a different light. Hmm. So let's say, for example, I see a reel, um, and it's got a, a piece on there, a commercial for a certain product. I have no interest right now in doing product photography or video, but just for the sake of the example, if I thought that was the coolest shot in the world, and I didn't have that on my reel and I wanted it not coming from a place of envy but more a place of insecurity, my first thought when I saw that was, oh, I'll never be able to make that or I'll never be able to get to that point where this person is in their career if I am assessing a person instead of a product yeah. or a shot. Um, instead of indulging and wallowing in those feelings of, oh, I'll never get there or I'll never be that but I really want to be because it seems really cool, Newsflash, sometimes it is not <laughs> if you are having to deal with a lot of um, the side effects that come with being of high status or doing really good work. Um, if I see that and experience the, oh, I'll never get there, I try to identify, um, okay, well, how did they get there? Hmm. Or what is it that I can now do to yeah. progress towards that want that I have? Because being insecure not only is a feeling of, insecurity but also like oh i want something yeah. usually because right. it's usually in uh, it comes it the feeling comes upon you when you discover something that you do not have mm. not in an envious way where you yeah. uh, despise or dislike the person for whatever reason for what mm. they have but more so a doubt or a fear mm. of i will never obtain said object same status said position whatever it is that's making you insecure in the first place I hope all of that made sense. Yeah. Um, it's a very convoluted and obscure thing I'm trying to describe. Hmm. But the, the whole idea of chasing insecurity is to identify what it is about the thing that's making you insecure and then figure out 
either if it's possible to obtain said thing. If it's not, be okay with that. But mm -hmm. if it is, identify what steps you can then take and then go and do those things. Yeah. Thoughts. Sounds simple, right? No. <laughs> not at all. The way I just explained it, no. But uh, It's an in, easy equation, right? No. In theory, in theory, yes. Practice, no. No, not at all. My goodness. Yeah, wow. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Well said, though. Yeah, my goodness. It took a while, but... I think it's, it's, I've never had to verbalize it to that extent before. So thank you to everybody who was listening through that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, for me too. Yeah. Man. And that's what, not, not to say that I saw you as an insecure person, but when I, I detected a little bit of that um, yeah. in the post, which is, uh, again, the post that we're referencing is when you put up on your social media that yeah. I literally asked like, I think something along the lines of, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Something up. Um, you know, because even though we've never sat down for longer than right. 20 minutes, or we, we had a call, I think, for maybe an hour or so, I should say. I think so, yeah. Anyway, not an extended period of time. I don't know you that well, but it's like, I at least want to know that you are okay. Yeah, and so right. Whenever someone's experiencing I that, that, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> of course you are a fellow human being, and <laughs> in my field, and I mm. feel like I am not one of the few people, maybe one of the few people in town that can relate yeah. to what you're feeling. There's so, not many. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not many of us out there, and so we got to stick together. And that's right. why I said, like, hey, what's up? Are you doing all right? And that yeah. led to us sitting down here today. Right. So any thoughts you have on that topic, I'd love to hear them. Whether you agree, disagree, have a similar way to explain. Maybe you can one-up me and do what I did from, mm. what was it sounds like? It, feel, it felt like five minutes or even more, mm. maybe in a minute and a half or two. Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously dealing with insecurity is, uh, it's, it's funny how it even crops up. You don't, you don't really feel so insecure when you're young yeah. doing this stuff because you're just like making you and your buddies laugh, making, you know, and then the older you get, you find out more people are doing the same kind of thing. You know, like you start to like try to one up each other or something like that. And you find out that the internet exists. And then everyone in the world is doing it. And then it's like the whole thing becomes a competition. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, and then the hierarchy of where you fall in successfulness of doing this thing that you love to do. And, it, you know, it can break your heart at times. Um, if you feel like you are not as successful as these other people are. And then you get jealous. And you think about like, like man, this guy like he's not doing half the work I'm doing. How how the how the heck is he getting like a million views on his thing? Like why is everyone? Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, so that's it's a tough, it's a weird place to be in, and I hate being there. Um, I wanna I wanna believe that I can overcome those feelings, but it, man, they're always. I feel like it's just like a universal thing. It's just always gonna be there. And it's just going to be a constant battle of pushing those pushing those emotions away. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't even say that I feel like it's a healthy thing either because it's, you know, how could you say that insecurity is healthy, mm. um, other than giving you an opportunity to be vulnerable and talk about it and then wind up on a podcast, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, to your, yeah, to your, to your point, uh, 
I feel like chasing those those insecurities, finding out, pinpointing what they are, and then just running after them, figuring out what it is, and then just uh, being able to confront those is, I mean, I feel like it's the best way to do that other than you can do that or you can push them down. Hmm. Well, if you push them down or let them boil over, yeah. that as many of us have seen over the years that we've been alive, right. usually doesn't end well. It doesn't. And so the only thing you can do at that point is either live with it or confront it. Right. And that's part of the whole, like you said, pinpoint. Um, this all plays into a concept that I talk about every now and then called the power of knowing. And mm -hmm. I'm currently trying to figure out a better way to say it because I don't think power is the right word, but it has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, what I mean by the power of knowing is the ability to, and we'll see if I can explain this in a shorter period of time, then the last one, uh, the power of knowing is the ability to assess an issue, a roadblock, a situation, a big mountain in your way that you need to either get over or bust through yeah. and make it seem less scary. Yeah. So it's the same concept of eating an elephant piece by piece. Yeah. The power yeah. of knowing essentially uh, is consisted of you're assessing the situation, the problem, not freaking out when it first pops up is the big first step yeah. and just dissecting it, figuring out, okay, what is the issue? What can I do to solve it? And then figuring out how to take those steps. It's like um, if you're in the video world and you've only done short films, narratives, and then you get a job that comes along for a live video production mm -hmm. for a conference or you're doing this big live stream thing, or maybe you're learning After Effects. Either one of those two <laughs> usually <laughs> scares people because right. it seems so complicated. Yeah. There's so many buttons. There's so many co there's so many pieces that go into either like live streaming an event for multiple yeah. cameras and video switchers, and there's a whole console dedicated to audio. Like, what does that even do? So there's so many pieces that go into it, and I just said After Effects as well because that's like the post-production form of that yeah. there's so many you don't Daunting. when you first glance at after effects it's yeah. like your computer automatically feels like it's going to take off and you haven't even yeah. started yet because it's that's more of a joke on laptops but anyway you, you an adobe guy i am yeah um, from right now i'm looking at switching to davinci don't tell adobe uh, <laughs> but talk about daunting yeah, right davinci oh my resolve gosh. is a whole nother beast yep. looking forward to diving in though mm -hmm. but um back to I'm the sorry. back to yeah. the power of knowing um, let's take the live streaming example, for instance, so we keep the Premiere versus DaVinci versus Final Cut debate out of this. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, if we go into a live video production, until you figure out that you need to have an internet connection, mm. a video switcher, if you're doing multiple cameras, the multiple cameras, multiple lenses for those cameras, mm -hmm. tripods, um, and a bunch of other um, bells and whistles, accessories, things to make the production work. At the very basic level, you need a camera yeah. or two. Let's go with two. Two cameras, right. a way to connect those two cameras to your video switcher so you can switch back and forth, yeah. a way to connect that video switcher into your laptop or computer, which then sends the signal from those cameras, and assuming you have audio on those cameras, signal, video, and audio, out into the world over the Internet, until you understand that that is the most basic process to have um, on a very simple level, it seems like such a daunting task. Mm -hmm. The process of being able to identify all those different components, realize what they are, and figure out how to work each and every one of them is the power of knowing. Mm -hmm. You can apply that to anything, and yeah. I mean literally anything. If you want to learn how to do your taxes, I, I should use a different example. <laughs> if you want to learn how to, um, say, make a business, yeah. it's a similar process. You just got to learn how to go through all the registration, mm -hmm. file the right forms, yep. cross the T's, dot your I's, same thing. Mm -hmm. 
I think by now everyone's understanding what I'm trying to say here. So um, when you said, uh, what is it? I believe insecurity crops up. Mm-hmm. Crops brought to mind another analogy for gardening or plants or growing. Yeah. I believe insecurity is not to stick with the plant side of things, but uh, I should say anxiety is rooted in insecurity. Hmm. Uh, in a lot of cases, not all, but some. I have very close friends and family that have had to deal with heavy anxiety issues in the past, myself included. Um, This is not to make myself seem like a victim, but just to be a little bit more relatable. Like I have suffered from anxiety attacks in the past. Like a lot of people in our field, um, it's not fun. Yeah. But I find a lot of anxiety issues come from that, Fear of not being good enough, not being able to obtain said thing, yeah. said promotion, said gig, said project, whatever it is. Um, and I think insecurity is a garden that grows a lot of these negative plants, mm-hmm. if we want to use that analogy there. But thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel. I mean, anxiety and uh, insecurity. I feel like you can't and depression too. And depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like they all go hand in hand, and it's a it's a tough cycle to break. Once you, uh, yeah, you feel like you got one under control, the other is just rampant. It's crazy. The root of which is fear. Mm. Everything that we just mentioned, maybe not depression as much. Depression is more of a, a fruit or a side effect of yeah. whatever that plant is. But anxiety and insecurity, anxiety, you're anxious, you're fearful of something that doesn't exist insecurity you're fearful that you'll never obtain or get or get to whatever that place thing object or position is i'm sure i could go on but it's (laughs) it's a very common theme that is rooted to continue with the plant stuff Hmm. in fear like cool yeah we've identified that now how do you tackle fear i don't know (laughs) it's something that we all deal with daily but i think recognizing that it's there and knowing what it is takes away some of the fog gets rid of the ambiguity and that Mm -hmm. That uh, that allows us to at least start assessing it. Maybe a little bit down the road, we can figure out how to tackle it. Something I'm currently trying to do because yeah. there are. And again, I don't say this to brag or anything like that, but I've got a lot on my plate right now. And one of my biggest fears is not being able to live up to my fullest potential and achieve everything that I can with all these different projects. Yeah. That's kind of on me. I need to stop taking on so much. But what, what, what does that look like for you, though? Like as far as like. I'm sorry to... No, no, it's know. okay. Uh, You're the host like, now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how does that make you feel? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, but like yeah. you, you say you say not living up to your potential. What is what is your potential? What does that mean for you? Like like not being able to, to, to deliver quality-wise? Or like what does that mean for you? Hmm. Um, in my mind, I have been um, fairly efficient at the... Um, in, in my work mm. in the past because there hasn't been a large amount of it going on at once. And this gets down to, the, to definition as well. Like we talked about a little while ago, definition mm. of success, um, definition of efficient, or even mm. um, what we're talking about right now, like different terms mean different things to different people. Yeah. And so full potential, potential is a tricky thing. Mm. When you talk about potential, it uh, varies and depends on the individual. Yeah. 
I see potential as a opportunity to perform at a certain level or accomplish a certain mm-hmm. thing yeah. according to the skill set that you currently have. Mm-hmm. And so my potential right now is to uh, essentially take on some fairly large projects. And again, I don't, uh, I'm going to err on the safe side and mm-hmm. not talk too many details sure. or yeah, go into yeah. like money involved or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's safe to say that I have some stuff on my plate that if it were to go wrong, or if I were not to achieve or uh, be able to pull these off, um, I have some anxiety being caused there because there is a fear of failure with them. Um, To be frank and to put things very simply, um, I would be taking positions of responsibility. And so I have a potential to fulfill those responsibilities, those obligations, those commitments. And if I take on too much that I can't handle, mm-hmm. I risk losing the opportunity, not only the opportunity, but I, I risk the um, future opportunities yeah. to take on more projects that would have been that next stepping stone. Yeah. If you think about stepping stones, I'm using a lot of nature stuff right now. Um, stepping stones across a creek, if stepping stones weren't rocks and they were floating <laughs> pads, yeah. if you step too hard on that first or second pad and it breaks, um, you either fall in the creek or, um, well, I mean, you either fall in the creek or you have to get back onto that first one, that first stepping stone, Mm -hmm. and then you have to figure out how to leap over the gap and onto the next in order to progress. Or another way to say it as well is if you you stick with stepping stones, that second stepping stone breaks, and then the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, the sixth Mm -hmm. one, they all sink. And you can't progress any farther after that. There's no way to bridge the gap. Mm. Um, In our field, burning bridges, very dangerous. Um, If you are going to be working on a project and you don't treat people right Mm. or you mishandle your responsibilities, word gets around. People talk. If there's anything that we as filmmakers love to do is talk. Uh, And that's not in a narcissistic sense, but that's more like we are so community based and the world is such a small thing. Like we know so many people that before the, before today, I didn't know that I didn't know for sure that you knew Ian or that you were on that project. I had a hint or so, but we never talked about it. Um, I didn't know that you knew Mark Pasternak before last night when I learned about it. Uh, point being, it's a small world. Yeah. And so if you don't, treat other people or your projects right, you may not be able to make it across that water. Right. Yeah. So when you ask about potential, sorry, I know I just cut you no, off no, from a little no, thought, no. but when you ask about potential yeah. for me personally, this is going to sound like I have a big head. So please don't take it that way. I'm not. But yeah. I've been told um, yeah. due to my work ethic, how hard I work and how much people know that I care about what I do, right. that I'm going to go far and I'm going to go places. That's what sure. I get all this. You're going places, kid. Yeah. And that's part of the reason also why I started the show is like, while I've been told that, I have not gotten there yet. And so I'm sure other people are having similar experiences or they have similar ambitions, work ethic, drive, passion, mm-hmm. whatever you like to call it. And we all just need a little nudge, a little a little help. Maybe a little promotion will go a long way. In mm-hmm. some cases, that is certainly the case. Um, and, see, and seeing as how I've gotten a lot of feedback of, yeah, you're doing this the right way. You have the right mindset. Yeah. Um, you'll go far. I have a very vague expectation yeah. um, that, hey, I'm going to make it. What does that mean? 
Yeah. Like, where am I going to go? So right now I'm doing what I believe we were talking about a little bit ago is identifying what it is that, um, that I want to do and figuring out after trying a little bit of everything, where am I strongly suited yeah. and uh, what do I want to focus on? And right now, and this could change in the future, but right mm. now it's, um, I mainly am pitching myself as a producer who likes to get his hands dirty. Um, I do a lot of logistics, mm-hmm. crew management, hiring, and running sets, so to speak. I hesitate to call myself a director because I don't have a lot of ambition to work with actors. I would love to run the set, yeah. which is more of a technical director, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. But um, I'm taking on the mantle of producer because it's less of working with actors and more um, managing, taking responsibility. and The red tape. Uh, the red tape, I suppose, yeah. but managing the set, being, a, being the guy that has the plan, knows what to do, and is able to um, communicate with, organize, and manage the crew yeah. and the project as a whole. There's that, and if I'm actually on set, mm-hmm. I'm never in the producer's chair. I'm never by the monitor looking with the director and chatting with the crafty lady. Yeah. I am behind a camera or I'm attached to a C-stand somewhere helping with the g and team. And so yeah. producing, camera, g and yeah. that's kind of my wheelhouse right now. And BTS, I do a lot of behind-the-scenes photography. That's more of a passion than, uh, than a solid career path. But if I could find a way to make a living doing it, I'd consider it. So yeah. when you ask me about potential... I have potential in those areas. I've been told I'm going to go places. Uh, However, being able to identify and find what that place is is something I'm still struggling through, as you can see. Sure. Yeah. No, I I ask because uh, you say you're fearful of maybe tarnishing that potential in some way. Um, Talking about fear and what I'm afraid of uh, is disappointing people. I'm a people pleaser when we get down to it. Mm. Um, and uh, I kind of I kind of touched base on this like real quick uh, earlier in the episode, but um, yeah, there was there was a time in my life where I was where I had my own business and I had clients and everything. and uh, there were some things in my personal life that sent me on just like it, it was just free fall into turbulent depression, you know. Um, and I couldn't get on top of it. And, uh, and because I couldn't get on top of it, uh, I let a lot of people down a lot of, you talk about people talk, they do, man. It's like, it's real and it's scary, Yep. you know? So, um, yeah, so it's, that's, I'm, I'm afraid it's not, it's not so much, uh, my reputation that I'm afraid of, of, of tarnishing myself, but it's, it's afraid of getting somebody's hopes up mm. and then being like, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, and those emails that I've had to write to do that, man, I'm like, <sighs> my eyeballs are starting to get misty, man. Cause it, it sucks. Yeah, that sucks. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm, we're talking about fear. That's, that's my, that's what I get fearful of. Mm. Yeah. Having to write emails, I think is the worst with that kind of topic because yeah. it's with the, con- I almost said confession with a, With an admission, I suppose. Mm. I'm finding I'm I'm not finding the right word, but I think you know what I'm talking about. When you have to tell someone, Hey, I either messed up or I can't do it yeah. you say it once and you get it out and it's done. Yeah. With an email, you write it out and sometimes you have to send it to five, ten different people or yeah. you're staring at it for twenty minutes or more, sometimes hours, and you're yeah. revising it and it's 
it's elongated misery, yeah. essentially, because you're looking yourself in the face, not like in a mirror or anything, but you're, you're dwelling on, I would assume, failure yeah. of some kind, to some capacity, mm-hmm. and not being able to remove yourself from it because you need to send the email. And so after you send the email, you don't want to think about it because you just spent an hour or more doing it. And then it just dwells and it's, what I'm trying to say is I feel you and it sucks. Yeah. Um, But the good thing that you can do after that, obviously you want to learn from your mistakes. So you want to not just forget it never happened and make the same mistake again, Mm -hmm. but going through that revision, revision process while painful Sometimes it's just what other people need. For me, mm-hmm. I, I have to take the hard road sometimes. My mom's told me this many, many times. It's like, you really just take the hard the hard way to do it. <laughs> Every time, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not something I do. Yeah. It's more it's something I do out of habit and not by choice all the time. Sure. It's just the way I am. But um, it's it's led to becoming mature very quickly yeah, because it it's, yeah. I have experienced a lot of hardship in things that no person my age should have experienced. I'm not trying to sound dramatic. Thankfully, I've lived a very healthy childhood, and my family's been fantastic. But when it comes to professional work and relationships with people in my field, um, and even personal relationships like with with um, exes and all that, yeah. it's gone yeah. through a lot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people see that too, which is also why they say, you know what, kid, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You'll you'll survive. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I would. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on here. I don't want to make it seem like I'm digging something out of you if you don't have anything mm. else on the topic. But anything else you want to cover there before oh, we? I think we got emotional enough. Okay, I, th- <laughs> I think that would have. Yeah. That this is probably a suitable end time. We've been going for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'd want to cover otherwise that mm. we may not have gotten to at this point? I think that's. I think we're good. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to ask you of your socials one more time, and then uh, we'll yeah. close things out. So, where can people find you again? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, just uh, on uh, my first and last name, Jared Acker, J A R E D A C K E R. Um, yeah, feel free to to jump on there. Uh, there's going to be some things relating to these, uh, you know, these feature film projects that I'm, you know, I've been talking about in development and writing right now, um, and then possibly. Uh, you know, something popping up for, uh, uh, you know, a production name behind that, um, which would obviously be posted on my Instagram as well. So check me out there. Will do. Um, Thanks for spelling it as well. That's going to be helpful for me in post. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Being being able to um, have you on has been a real treat, I'm going to say. I very much enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for listening to my rants. It's been lovely. And uh, thank you to everyone as well who's been either listening, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube for checking this out. If you've made it this far in the episode, once again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. If you, as a freelancer or anyone listening out there um, who's maybe experienced similar things or is currently working in the industry, would like to come on and share um, your take on what we were talking about today or even cover an entirely new topic, Share your work set, uh, work set, excuse me, work ethic, mindset, uh, portfolio, any of that stuff. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you know what to do. Check the link in the description of the YouTube video where you can fill out the form and be more than happy to talk with you. So without further ado, Jared, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you, YouTube.